Hi, Questers. Welcome back to another episode with Success Quest. I am your host today, Caleb Valle. And today, we have a very special guest um, on our show. This man, he's overcome insane childhood obstacles. Um, he is the founder of the top-rated MMA um, and also known as the Bearded Biz owner. Uh, please welcome Eric Allen. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man. I really appreciate it. No, I, I am. It's a pleasure. It's a, the honor is all ours. We're, we're really excited to have you. It's funny. Every time I introduce people, I'm always like, man, I need to add like an applause because I always imagine it in my head. I'm like, yeah, okay. Get hyped. Get pumped. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> um, anyway, Eric, go ahead. Um, give us like a brief introduction about who you are, where you're from, um, what your passions are so that the questions can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Eric Allen. I'm the owner of Top Rated MMA. We launched that company in 2012, really as an apparel company, and had some oh, wow. excitement over the years. And then in 2017, I launched the Top Rated MMA podcast and blessed enough to be humbly known as the number one MMA podcast now in the Northwest. Just got voted the top list to do podcast by Fightbook MMA for 2019. Wow. And then I also host uh, the Beard of Biz Show, where I talk with entrepreneurs, world changers, and success minded people. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. In the whole uh, Western hemisphere or what is that? What, what did you say again? Uh, yeah. So uh, really uh, humbly been considered the number one MMA podcast in the Northwest. In the Northwest. Fightbook uh, Fight MMA voted top rated MMA's podcast as the top listened to podcast for 2019. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Seriously, that Thank is you. an amazing feat. Yeah. Um, especially to be appreciated by that many people. You know, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Um, so Eric, tell us a little bit about your, your background. Um, did you always decide when you were growing up that you were just going to be doing stuff in MMA? Is that something you've always <laughs> loved to do? You know, I always watched ninja movies as a kid and Bruce Lee movies. My dad was always having ninja <laughs> movies on. And I think I was a ninja for Halloween for like 15 years straight. You know, it was what? just like, you know, I, I loved ninjas and martial arts and you know, I remember being like first grade walking to the VHS store to go rent UFC one and two and three with my cousin. Oh, that's so really been a fight fan since early days, you know, watched a lot of Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior wrestling when I was a kid. Wow. That yeah. is crazy. I, I love UFC too. Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy, but my wife doesn't like it as much. Okay. <laughs> she never, right. she'll never watch it with me. She's like, right. we can't let the kids see this either. I'm like, but this is crazy. <laughs> awesome. Like, look at them. Right. Like the ideology behind it. It's kind of crazy. Actually. I can't even imagine. Like I, I never could be an MMA fighter myself and you probably understand this better than I do, but I, I wonder what goes behind like deciding what, how you become or why you become an MMA fighter. You know, that's why I started the show really was because I wanted to ask fighters, why do you want to get into a cage, lock the doors behind you and have a guy across from you that really wants to hurt you? you know, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what made you decide that you want to do that? And I've heard really amazing stories from guys who are just like, look, I have a felony. And I can't get a regular job and I need to put foot wow. on the table. So I'm fighting to I grew up wrestling and I just love fighting. And I just want to go in and do it. And most of the guys that I have on my show, they're the up and comers. You know, I try to talk to these up and coming amateurs from across the world. And so amateurs typically don't get paid. And so these guys are just building a record. They're going in there and fighting for free, you know? And so it's, um, it's always fun to hear the stories of how yeah. they got involved in MMA and things like that. You've got to be really passionate if you're going to be able to like get beat up for no pay. Like that's, right. that's yeah. incredible. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Uh, I'm just like trying to wrap my head around that, like, darn. Right, um, yeah. But you know, you, you got to be passionate in anything you're going to do. And if you love it, and you, go for it. You know, that's, yep. that's the biggest thing. That's, that's the holy grail right there for everybody. 
um, is to find what, what fulfills you in yeah. life. Um, but okay. So a uh, question, you guys can't see this either. This man has the best beard I have seen <laughs> ever. Like, it's just like, it's so perfectly almost like rectangle too. Like, <laughs> A lot of work goes into it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Every time. Okay. Yeah. The first time when we first called, um, and we were talking to each other, I was like, I, I, he inspired me. Like, I really need to start growing a beard out. And then I realized quickly, I was like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get to that level. You're at such a high <laughs> tier compared to where the normal world is. <laughs> That's awesome. I never used a blow dryer ever in my life until I had a beard. So wow, and you know, never used a comb either. I just, you know, I was just that crazy haired kid. Yeah. Then once I grew the beard, I actually have to use a brush and use a hair dryer and all that fun stuff now. So it's wow, you go hardcore. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. It takes one of my hands. It takes a man to take care of a beard. That's, right, yeah, that's really what it is. <laughs> um, another thing, Quest, is you guys probably can't see unless you're watching this video on YouTube. Um, he has the American flag in his backdrop. And I kind of wanted to ask a little bit if you could, because um, I, I love America. I, awesome. I am a huge advocate of what the United States stands for in the world. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear, cause I see that kind of everywhere. It's like a theme for you. Uh, yeah. why what, do you, explain a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think in my early age, you know, in high school and stuff like that, I was a big druggie. And so I never really paid attention to what people actually are doing for me. They're not, I wasn't paying attention to those guys that are out there giving their lives every day and fighting for my freedom. And I think it was in my early twenties and just before really starting talk radio in May, I said, I want to find a way that I can give back. And really started this passion of like, man, these men and women that are out fighting for my freedom on a daily basis, those police officers, EMTs, firefighters, all those guys, like they're literally putting their life on the line for me. Like I want to show them as much appreciation as I can. I got one recruitment call when I was in high school and probably told the guy off and, and, and <laughs> never went back. Right. You know, and I, I kick myself every day for not joining the service. And wow. so whatever I can do to give back, to show appreciation, for those men and women that are out there. I mean, when we see men and women in uniform, whether it's police, EMT, firefighter, army, whatever, me and my family, we always go up and say, thank you. My kids are, you know, in elementary school and they'll go up and they'll say, dad, there's a guy in a uniform. Let's go say thanks. You know, like we just, that's just the life that we want to live. We want to give back to them as much as we can. And so I'm just so appreciative of the United States and, and wow. it's just the greatest country in the world, man. It really is. It really is. Oh. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, I just love that so much already about you. You guys, questions you guys can tell like this, this guy has a ton of energy and he's so passionate, so authentic <laughs> and, and so down to earth. Um, I kind of just want questers to get to know a little bit more about, um, the really deep side to yeah. you and, um, kind of talk cause you were talking like, man, when I was younger, I wish I would have gotten and listened to the military. And that's probably due to the fact that your childhood was very unique, very different from a lot of people, at least I know, you know, and please, please go into that. Yeah. You know, it was a little crazy. I actually thought I grew up in a typical household, you know, I played little league, we went to Sunday school, you know, and I was the kid who brought my GI Joes, my pockets to church and I excused myself to go to the bathroom and then just play with GI Joes during church and never <laughs> went back, you know, for some reason, never, nobody ever went to find me, you know, so yeah, um, uh, <laughs> they're like, he's fine. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and when I was 11 years old, my parents got divorced. I wasn't even really sure why, because my dad was never a violent man. He was never, I never heard my parents really arguing that much. And then it turns out that he was an alcoholic, but he was very quiet. And so when my parents got divorced, my mom got together with another man right away that was actually an alcoholic as well, but he was extremely abusive. And so wow. I watched my mom get beat up many, many times. 
you know, like I remember vividly looking through the back window into their bedroom and him hitting my mom with a cell phone or I mean a, a cordless phone. It wasn't even a cell phone. It was a cordless phone in the house. And my mom never pressed charges and it just pissed me off. I never understood why. And they had a kid together. Who, my little brother, he's 13 years younger than me. And before he was born or shortly after he was born, they moved us to Stevensville, Montana. It was my mom's boyfriend, my mom, my little brother, and then I have a younger sister who's four years younger than me. They rented this house in Montana that had three bedrooms, a bedroom for her and her boyfriend, a bedroom for my little brother, and a bedroom for my sister. And they said, well, Eric, you're out in the garage. And so they literally had this plastic tarp that was half the garage and it had a fireplace. I still can't believe this. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I did. I, I would stoke fires to stay warm at night. The problem was during the winter when it's like negative degrees outside. Yep. Once that fire goes out halfway through the night, I've got like 10 layers of blankets on to try to stay warm. You and know? that's not and enough. Just, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was this crazy life. I didn't understand why I was the one being put out in the garage. I mean, I get I was the oldest one, but you know, it, it just was a weird childhood to me. And the abuse never stopped. I continued to see that happen all the time. And there was one specific night that kind of was the, the breaking point for me. You know, they came home arguing one night. It was about midnight. I was brushing my teeth. And, they came, and I didn't really think anything out of normal out of it. But I felt God tell me in that moment, you need to look around the corner and see what's going on. And so if I'm in the bathroom and I turn around the corner to my right and I look behind me, goes the dining room, kitchen, pantry room, and then the garage to where my bedroom was at. As I turned around the corner, I could see right before the garage door, him, my mom's boyfriend, on top of her, punching her in the face over and over. Boom, boom, boom. And I thought, man, I got to get this guy off. And so I snuck up behind them and I grabbed one of those cast iron pans, those big skillets. And here I am 13 years Dang. old. And I just walked up and I swung as hard as I could. And I hit him in the back of the head. And I split his head open. It didn't knock him out. And he turned around and he was a mid-sentence like, what the f-? And as you said that, I took another swing and split his forehead open right here. And uh, surprisingly, it still didn't knock him out. But he stood up. He was bleeding from the back, bleeding from the front of his head. Wow. And he started to yell at me. And I just remember my mom coming out of nowhere and landing like six punches in a row on his face in that moment. Boom, boom. And blood splattered behind him on the wall. The police finally came and, of course, took him to jail for the night. But he was released the next day. It was that moment that I left Montana. I went to, back to live to, with my dad in Washington State. It was my uh, after my freshman year of high school. So I went back to Washington State for my sophomore through my senior year of high school. Wow. Wow. Listening to that story, it just immediately in my mind, I'm thinking no 13-year-old should ever have to take a, a pan or any type of weapon to try and protect his mom. You know, like that's that's something that doesn't, it's not normal. And it's just, I can't even imagine when, when the police came, when you're dealing with this, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is kind of different. You know, like this shouldn't yeah. be a thing, you know? Right. How, how did that affect you growing up the rest of high school? I think I, I was angry at my mom for, you know, not pressing charges ever and for putting me in that situation. And my sister and my brother who, who both saw that and witnessed that as well. And yeah. they, I think we all took it differently. But I think for me, I turned to, you know, I went back to Washington. I hadn't seen anybody for a couple of years and I knew a couple of friends that were going to my high school, but I, I got connected very quickly with guys who were into smoking pot and taking LSD and eating mushrooms. And so I immediately got into this, I don't know if you want to say hippie, just a stoner crowd, right? Yeah. And so I was always smoking pot. And of course now it's legal in Washington, 
But I mean, we would smoke pot before school, during lunch, after school. And we just did that all the time. And then my senior year of high school actually got arrested for having wow. a bong. And I had to put on a that? black and white chain gun, I had, like literally a black and white chain gang outfit on bright orange slippers, had to go no to jail way. for 24 hours. And it was the scariest thing ever. It was actually on a school night. I, I told my dad I was going to go stay with a buddy's house because I knew my dad would never check on me. So I went to jail, checked myself in, came back and went to school the next day. You know, it was just like in high school, I was just this stoner kid. I barely graduated high school. And it, my dad, what he did is he rented this house for him and I, and he would put 20 bucks in the cup. That was my lunch money for the week. He would wow. stuff the freezer full of hunger man meals and make sure there was cereal and milk in the fridge. And then he'd go stay with his girlfriend. So I literally did see my dad for sometimes like two, three months at a time. I would just wow. be living on my own. So at 14 years old, basically, is when I raised myself, you know, living in my house and, and living at that house and things like that. So yeah, it turned into just this party life for me in high school. Oh yeah, because there, there was nothing else to prioritize. You're like, okay, like I don't really need to worry about school. You don't have that parent figure in the house. That just, that affects yeah. everything. I, yeah. I, and I'm assuming that's exactly, I, you have kids, right? I do and have kids. I, you, yeah. you mentioned that. So it's like, now you see them and you're like, I, I have to be different for them. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me uh, because now you've, you've really seen like this dark side of things and it just inspires you to be an amazing parent, I'm sure. And yeah, um, but, try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, you are. You definitely are. Um, but I wanted to go into this, um, this whole abusive like you grew up in the, like seeing such abuse that like mm -hmm. so many people can't comprehend, but there are a few people who do. Um, yeah. Is that another reason why you, you try to get your message out there is to help people who maybe face similar things that you faced? Absolutely. I mean, I just turned 40 last year. No way. <laughs> yeah. And so, but uh, you know, here's the thing is I didn't release that story publicly until October of last year. I, I rarely told wow. anybody that story. Wow. And so I, I just kind of held it in for a long time. And then I was listening to a, a guy named Pete Vargas who talks about just opening your story, releasing your story. And I said, what the heck, man, I'm gonna do it and see what happens. And it's, I, so I, I did this video and I put it out on YouTube and it, it got a lot of feedback and a lot of people were like thanking me for putting it out there and it opened up doors for this opportunity to be on your show today. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love that. It's, but it's also hard. Like 40, you waited 40 years, you know, to finally share this story. That's so inspiring. Do you, do you wish you would have shared it sooner? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my life would, I don't know if my life would be different, but I think I could have helped more people maybe, I know, but I'm glad that it's out now. And it, it was a huge weight off my shoulders to finally just put it out there. Cause I just, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of yeah. that life that I lived for a long time and it felt, it felt good to release it. And hopefully, you know, if I can help one person by releasing that story, then I feel good about it. No, of course. Um, what would you say if right now, I mean, maybe there's one person listening to the show who's really going through some hardcore abuse. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give them? And it, whatever you can do to get out of that, even if it's a family member, you know, like get away, find somebody that can help you, that can host you in their house, whatever. I mean, look, for me, when I, after I was kicked out of my house two weeks after I graduated it, because I didn't do the dishes. Literally, I woke up to a note that said, you have 48 hours to get out. You didn't, you can't comply with house rules. And so between the ages of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times and wow. That was living on house. That was living on couches of people that I didn't even know. It was just friends of friends of friends. So if you're in this situation where you're around abuse or you're the one being abused, go get help. Like 
forget about the shame, forget about the embarrassment that you might be feeling like nothing compares to getting help and getting away from that situation. So, you know, I think that if you can surround yourself with people that are positive and can help you get out of that, do it, you know, forget about the people who are holding you back, step through that and and get into positive area. That's awesome. Be brave, you know, more than anything, because it's it's hard. And And I look at you and I can't even imagine what maybe you were experiencing when you were growing up, how scared you may have felt maybe all the time for your mom and for your sibling. You're like, this is, this is a horrible situation to be in, but you exude confidence. Now you really do. Like I see it in your eyes. I see it in your facial expressions. You just, there's something about being able to share those things, being able to come forth and escape those things that will build you up to be stronger than you ever were before. Like, and I can see that in you. So if, if you're questions, if you guys are experiencing anything that is abusive in any way, like you can definitely reach out even just to us. If you really needed someone to take, to be that middleman and find yeah. your, your escape in life, because that's, that's something that no one should be going through. There's Absolutely. no reason to be continuing to go through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. So let's talk about why you care so much uh, about giving back to others. We've kind of, you've kind of mentioned this a little bit throughout the, the, the podcast so far. Yeah. Um, why, why is it so important that you are giving back? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that for the longest time I was, like I said, was ashamed to release my story. And I think somewhere in my early twenties, right before I got married, right after I got married, my mindset switched to, dude, you, you have a purpose in this life. You have a plan in this life to go out and serve people and give people, help them whatever with whatever they need. And if I can encourage somebody, I want to be able to do that. And first of all, it's not my job to judge anybody. So I don't really care who they're voting for, what their sexuality is, whatever that is. It's not my job to judge. It's my job to just love on people. And so I just want to share the love, like love on people where they're at, meet them where they're at, wherever that is. And so I think it's just important to just love on people and, and yeah. give back to people as much as you can and don't do it out of like selfish heart, like do it because you want to. And, yeah. and I genuinely, my wife and I both have the same heart of just loving on people and giving back to people. That's amazing. And, and, and now I need to, because I saw your YouTube video and I love how just like totally, you, you totally immerse yourself in that, that moment and the emotion, mm-hmm. you really feel it. And you, you talk a lot about God towards the mm-hmm. end and finding yeah. God. And I want to touch on that a little bit. So my, my co-host and I, Jacob and, and I, we, we both are very religious people and we, we love God, you know, mm-hmm. like this is, I feel like I want to get that message out to everybody, but, yeah. um, and, and it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to be a part of it. Right. Um, but how has, I, I want to give you that outlet or a, a place where you can talk about it a little bit. Um, how is your spirituality affected your lifelong happiness? Oh man, if it would be, I would be lost. I don't even know if I would be alive today, honestly, if I, if I didn't know God in this moment, when I first gave my life to Christ, it was because I was working in the music business. I was working for universal records. I did that for about a year and I got laid off after one year market around the time of Napster. Napster killed the music industry, which sucked really bad. It It was my dream job to work for the, you know, for universal records. I was working at night at Starbucks. I was a night manager and I would go and do my job and go home and be depressed and drink beer and watch a video and go to sleep. And one night I was working and this girl came in who doesn't drink coffee and said, Hey, we got this cool college event down the street at this church. You want to come hang out? And I didn't have any friends. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll go hang out. 
And there was all these cool connections of people that I actually had known or they went to the same college as me or things like that. And so it kind of was a seed that was planted into me at that moment. And also during that time, I was managing a band. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so, and it was right. It was a couple months later. It was Easter. And the night before Easter, me and the band, we had a show and then we went back to my buddy's house and and just drank up and, and got totally wasted. Woke up on Easter morning, surrounded by about 10, 12 people got, you know, other people in the basement of my buddy's house. And in that moment, I felt God say, you're done. Literally quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything right there. And I gave my life to Christ right there in that basement. I had no idea what wow. I was doing. I just felt God saying, you're done. And I called that girl up that had invited me to that college event and I got her voicemail. I said, Hey, I hope you have a great Easter. Hopefully I'll see you at the store sometime. And a few months later, we're dating and a year later we're married. And this year in 2020, we've been married for 15 years. Congratulations. Seriously. Congratulations. That's amazing. And now you have two, you say you have two daughters or I can't remember. My oldest is a daughter and my my youngest is a son. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think God just had it all planned out. It's really funny because my wife and I were actually born at the exact same minute. That's right. That's right. That's crazy. Different days, different years, but on our birth certificates, it's documented 1.41 p.m. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. You find those little connections that make things more special in your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just love the spirituality side of it so much because I feel like it, it, it can be such a powerful influence. You know, in that, in that moment, you're sitting there and whatever it is you heard or whatever it is you felt was, was strong enough to make you cold turkey quit all those things that yeah. day. Like that's, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I feel like people underestimate the power of, of those things, those, those, the spiritual side of things calling for them, um, yeah. whatever that may look for them. Sorry, continue. No, no, I was going to say, you know, I had a pastor friend tell me one time that God almost has us on the strings, almost like a puppet. When we sin, he cuts the string and reties it and brings us a little bit closer to him. And I think at that moment in my buddy's that's basement, cool. my string was done, man. I was in his yep. hands and it was just time to give it up. And, and that's what ended up happening to me. That's amazing. I, I, I really love that analogy. That's really cool. Then you get a little closer to God. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what are some things then maybe, cause I've always dealt with this and I'm sure a lot of people deal with this um, because we see the power of spirituality in our lives and how much it brings us just like, it can bring an immense amount of positivity and joy into someone's yeah. life and a different perspective, which just broadens the horizon for me, as I would put it. Um, but not everyone believes in God. Not everyone believes like how you believe. How can you help someone understand maybe some of the more simple things that the, that spiritual things can bring in their lives without necessarily having to be all in Hmm. maybe giving them a taste. What, what what would your advice be to people? I would say if, if people are hurting, if they're in a you know bad relationship or if they're just feeling negative and depressed all the time, you know, I like to use something that Tony Robbins and Ed Milet talks a lot about is if we're walking around feeling like we're 80 degrees and we want to be better, let's go find guys who are walking around at 120. And so we can hang around these guys that are positive and they'll lift us up emotionally and physically and spiritually out of that. That has nothing to do with giving your life to Christ, but if you're not a Christ follower, hang around with people that are positive, hang around with people that will lift you up and not talk trash and, and that can lift you up in that. And I think that will help you be more positive. That'll help you get really kind of on a right track for whatever it is that you want to do in your life. That's awesome. Well, 
what kind of like, how would you define your perspective now, your level of positivity now as compared to when you were just partying all the time? Man, it's uh, through the roof, you know, a, a night and day difference. I mean, really like I was a legit, like super depressed. I always said, oh, depression's nothing big, but I was legit. So like super depressed sitting on my couch. I'd go to Hollywood video and rent a VHS or a DVD every night. Right. And then go drink my six pack and, and watch the movie every night after work. But now like, I feel like every day is a blessing, man. Every single day is a blessing. And routines is a huge part of that. I think like the first thing that I do when I get out of the shower is drop to my knees and pray, man. And that really helps me set the tone for the day. And I think that if I take a moment and look around and go, I am so blessed. I have an amazing wife. I have two awesome kids. I'm debt free. When at 21 years old, I was $28,000 in debt and I filed bankruptcy to be 40 years old and now debt free and living this this life that's extremely blessed. Like every day, there's no reason for me to be negative. And yeah, there's going to be days where I go, man, I could have done better or yeah, I should have done that or something like that. But overall, like my life is extremely blessed and I and I'm just so thankful that God has God has blessed me in the areas that I'm in right now. Yeah. It's amazing to me that really it doesn't matter your situation or where you are at in life because of your age, race, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You could be at the lowest low and there are still you're going to have opportunities thrown at you to grow and to learn and to be where you are now. I mean, like you looking back when you were 13, you would have never imagined you being here, you know, today doing what you're doing. That's, that's amazing. And I think that's inspiring for other people who are in similar situations. Yeah, Um, I I hope so. You know, and and one of the things that Ed Milet says that I have on my wall here is life happens for us, not to us. And that has been a huge thing for me in my life since I heard that from Ed and, and that has been a made, made a huge impact on my life. Just having that, you know, that thought process. Yeah. I, I tell everybody all the time, attitude is, really is everything. It yeah. really is. Like it, I, I actually I was, I was uh, talking to someone about um, what would be scarier um, if someone came and they were just like super bulked up, they were going to beat you up. <laughs> or if you were just surrounded by negativity, you know, oh, all the day, yeah. which, which has, like the greater long-term damage it's i mean if i got beat up you know it's like mma fighting you know it's just it's really temporary most of the time like it really is just like oh i just got beat up go recover a little bit and i'm fine i'm ready for the next fight but in the long run like bullies and stuff like that or growing up where your 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 home situation isn't great at all you know people telling you you can't do things people telling you you don't have value that long term it's horrible so having a good attitude brings you everywhere brings you everywhere. it makes you feel invincible <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i love it. and i can actually see that on your face too. I, I see the invincibility it's like yes man the positivity is overflowing i feel it Thank um <laughs> <laughs> um let me ask you um one quick question sure um if you could talk to everyone in the world you know you you just had your life experiences have built you up to who you are right now. This is your character now. Um, what would you try to tell everyone? If you could influence everybody, you had one chance, one opportunity. I would say don't give up. Whatever the situation is, don't give up. There's better days coming. It's kind of two-part. One, don't give up on the situations you're in. Get through it. You'll always get through it. There'll always be crap thrown at you, but you can get through it. 
it, whether you believe in Christ or not, you'll get through it. I promise you, if you just stay strong and try to get positive. Number two, love people, man. Just love people where they're at. I think if the world had more love, there'd be a lot more love going around in this world and it would just be a way more positive thing, right? I mean, I, I think that if people just love on people where they're at, we wouldn't have as much like friendships breaking up because I'm going to vote for Trump or I'm going to vote Democrat or whatever, right? I mean, it's just stupid things to fight about. Love people where they're at. And man, it, the, the world would be a lot better place if people just acknowledge that, I think. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so questions. If you guys have been enjoying this episode so far, like I have been, I encourage you to look um, for Eric Allen in your life and making him a part of your day-to-day um, because I, I tell people all the time, the people we're having on our show are the exact type of people you want to be on your social media accounts that are a <laughs> part of, they're influencing you and, and bringing this positivity to your life. Eric, how can we follow you? What can we do to be, have you be more a part of our lives? Yeah, Top Rated MMA, we're on YouTube. So just Top Rated MMA. We're on Facebook at Top Rated Mixed Martial Arts and Instagram and Twitter at Top Rated MMA. The Bearded Biz show is on Facebook. So just Bearded Biz. And then Instagram is Bearded.biz. You can also follow me personally, just Eric G. Allen. That's E-R-I-K G. Allen. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And I love connecting with new people, man. Love, love connecting with awesome people that follow me. And then I'll typically will follow you back unless you're just like crazy yeah, <laughs> right but like most of crazy you're <laughs> crazy right unless you're i mean but typically i'm going to follow you back because i really do appreciate anybody and if and i i get comments and messages all the time for people asking me questions so i, I am an open book so if people want to message me and shoot me questions or if they're in a situation they can't get over they want some encouragement just message me man I, i'm that's more than awesome. happy that's awesome and, and another thing questions if you guys i mean like yes if you guys enjoyed this episode please do all these things Follow him. Check out his websites. This is so important to making your life a little bit more positive every day. Um, and it's a part of your journey to become more wholly successful is, is surrounding yourself with people who are have had tastes of that, you know, yeah. and, and you feel that. Um, but question is another thing. If you didn't enjoy this episode for any reason, we also want that feedback. I'm sure uh, Eric's the same way. It's like, yeah, we want to know everything under the moon. So oh, please reach out to us. Let us know um, what we can do to be better, um, to what kind of stories you want to be hearing from us, maybe what kind of experiences or what kind of pains, maybe more you want to uh, dive into. Um, if you have any further questions about Eric, of course, just message him, you know, like, yeah. and then you'll, you'll hear the juicy, meaty, greedy stuff, you know, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. the best. Um, yep. And uh Never forget that we, we come out with new episodes every Thursday. Um, you get to hear people from people like Eric with uh, beautiful stories, um, crazy stories, <laughs> uh, crazy childhoods, and, and, and stories about them overcoming them and, and finding things like God. Eric found God in his life and found Christ. That's the most important. I love that. I love that story. Um, and, I, and I guess to end this note, Eric, thank you so much for being on our show with us. This has been phenomenal. I love your energy. I love your attitude. Um, and I, I feel like people, people need that. People need to feel that. And I can feel it through your words, man. It's crazy. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. It's really, truly an honor to be on this show, man. I think uh, what you're doing is, oh, what I like to call is just, you are a world changer, man. So keep doing the great work, man. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, questions, you guys have a successful day. Bye.